So in this movie, Milton's favorite weapon is something that's called a god killer. It's like a gun with little bullets that says, Deus Velox Nix. My apologies to any fluent Latin speakers. Which <laughs> means God's swift death. And Satan apparently just has this in a room somewhere. What is the point of the... Who made this weapon? And why is it still in existence? God made it? For reasons? And then he gave it away. He got shuffled into a yard sale. And Satan kind of got it, like, just in case. Like, oh, what if I need that later? You know, like, you like you get kitchen appliances. And you're like, oh, maybe I'll use that later. And then you <laughs> never do. And it's just, like, in a room. And then Nick Cage walks into your kitchen and takes it. Right, because it also does seem like if you had a god killer weapon, the thing you wouldn't want to do would be any sort of security around it. Well, like, if you think you're never going to use it... out of hell to make things right. He was good father. He got mixed up with the wrong crowd. Now, he's got one last shot at redemption. That cult killed my daughter. I took her baby. I am going to get her back. Thought you were dead. <laughs> you hoped I was dead. Drive angry. Shot in 3D. Wouldn't want to be you when Satan finds out. What's he gonna do? Not let me back in. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is More Is More, the bad movie podcast. Where today we talk about Drive Angry. One of the best Nick Cage movies there is. I love this movie so much. And it is, like, truly <laughs> terrible. Oh, but it's I, but awful. I think you also get the impression that, like, they knew it was going to be super terrible, and they just, like, went with it. Like, it was deliberately meant to be over-the-top terrible. First of all, it's not a good movie for Nick Cage's hair. No! What is with his hair? It's one of the worst haircuts I've ever seen on him. Yeah. And that's saying something. Maybe it was, like... I mean, his hair plugs were just not in a good place <clears throat> during this. And so you and can't also look at him and think that it's not going to be a terrible movie. Well, the, yeah, because it's also like dyed blonde and like too long and slicked back. And it's just, it's a mess. You can't have super long hair with hair plugs. It doesn't work. Yeah. This movie is directed by the incomparable Patrick. I'm going to go with Lucier since he is from Canada. Yeah, that's what I thought. What else has he done? The classic Johnny Lee Miller movie, Dracula 2000. Oh, no, that movie's awesome. Yeah. Oh, how dare you give him top billing? <laughs> Wasn't that Gerard Butler? He was the, the Dracula, was the yeah. the Dracula? Yeah. A very young Gerard Butler. He also did My Bloody Valentine 3D. He sure did, which was written by the same guy who wrote this movie, Todd Farmer. They should work together more often. I can't believe they haven't made a movie together since Drive Angry. That's upsetting. To yeah. be fair, he hasn't really directed a movie at all since Drive Angry. Well, he's rolling in the Drive Angry money. He doesn't need to. <laughs> this movie also stars Amber Heard mm -hmm. and Billy Burke, who people may remember as the should, father from Twilight. Should remember. <laughs> yes. And a brief stint. As Lorelai's boyfriend on Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I mean, clearly the best actor in the movie. And he's given, he's just a crazy cult leader. He is. Um, it's ridiculous because his accent is constantly veering off into comical. It is, yeah. It just, I, I'm just, every time I'm like, well, we're powerful evil Satanists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, William Fitchner is in this movie. I know, and I love him. I yeah. wish he was in everything. Yes. Okay. We open, of course, with some voiceover. Since the birth of time, humanity has endeavored to restrain evil men in prisons. But since Cain fled the murder of his brother, evil men have fled the walls of punishment. We see shots of hell, and then we cut to Laughter, Colorado. Get it? Get it? This, I think, is one of the only times we actually get a location thing pop up. Laughter Colorado. Oh my goodness. Oh, it took you a second. In Laughter Colorado, three scumbags in a truck flee from a man who appeared from nowhere. 
<laughs> they thought he was dead, they say. He knows what they did to that girl, and he's going to make them pay. Another car runs into them and flips their truck over. Mm-hmm. Then we see Nick Cage dramatically exit the truck with a shotgun. Dramatically and yet not emoting through his face at all. Well, he doesn't need to do that. He's Nick Cage. <laughs> Good thing he doesn't need to because he never does. Yes. One of the men foolishly runs at him with a tire iron and Nicolas Cage shoots his hand off in the least realistic stunt we've seen since Highlander. Right. Uh, and this is where you realize, oh, this was a 3D movie from the way the pipe flies at the camera. Yes, yeah, so it was a 3D movie. <laughs> yep. Then he kills two of the men, but not before we see that one of them had a Confederate flag wallet. I noticed that too. I was like, oh, way to villainize. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now we know that you definitely should Confederate flag wallet on a chain. And then he gets the location of the girl from the third guy, which is Deacon's Tree, Stillwater Marsh, Texas. No, I thought Stillwater Marsh was in Louisiana. He says Texas. Oh, we he find says out Texas. Later that it's Louisiana. Okay, sorry. First full moon. She's dead, man. She's dead, and hell's gonna walk the mother earth. <laughs> Hell already is walking the earth. You tell him I'm coming. Oh, you just want to give him a real good heads up? Yeah. Is that it? Like, you just want them to give him time to prep? Yes. Okay, that's weird. Basically. Then he shoots the leaking, the fuel that's leaking from the truck, the flipped over truck, and mm-hmm. the truck dramatically goes up in flames and explodes while he walks away in slow motion. Oh, yeah. Because that's the way this movie rolls. <laughs> then we find out, Yeah, because then we find out it's called Drive Angry. We cut to a diner where one of the waitresses, Piper talks about her deadbeat boyfriend who she's forcing to marry her by withholding sex. Yeah, he sounds really good. So the thing is, if you have a relationship where you have to force decisions by doing that, grab on and don't <laughs> let go because you found the one. He's a keeper. Yeah. Also, they're having a pretty graphic conversation about this. Oh, like, yeah. Like, right at the counter where everyone can hear them. One time... And, like, a, a creepy boss behind who's at the grill can hear them. I think it's implied, though, that no one can hear them. Oh. Which is clearly not really true. stupid, because there's no way that's true. But, like, she kind of looks around, like, <laughs> after she says tits, but before she says ass, <laughs> to, like, oh, can anyone hear me? And then she decides No. Then Piper gives some muffins and milk to a poor family with a child, free of charge, because she has a heart of gold. Yep. The other waitress takes the order of Nicolas Cage, who is named Milton. We don't find that out till later, but we'll just call him Milton. Cleverly named after John John Milton, the author of Paradise Lost. That was a subtle little reference for everyone. It's probably as subtle as this movie gets. (laughs) They at least never explicitly tell you that John Milton wrote Paradise Lost. Yeah. Milton's staring at a bunch of maps that are, like, spread all over his table. And then he asks if she's ever heard of Deacon's Tree or Stillwater Marsh. She says, Stillwater is a prison in Louisiana. I refuse to believe that this is the only Stillwater in the country. Stillwater Marsh. So there's Stillwater Marshes everywhere, but it's fine because she stumbles actually on the one that we need to know about, which is the one in Louisiana that was a prison. Her daddy did some time in it. This is actually the same waitress from uh, Hell or High Water. Oh, that's she's got a niche. She she's does. doing it. Yeah. Good for her. Well, she's at least going up in movie quality. She is, yeah. Then this waitress hits on him by saying that it's a full moon tonight, and she's always a little randy on a full moon. Yeah, she gets really weirdly aggressive with him. She's into him. Keep in mind, this is Nicolas Cage with some of the worst hair to date. Yeah, he... He's just attracting ladies left and right in this movie, though. He's very attractive to women. But then she kisses him. I know. Or no, he, like, he he grabs her. This was so unnecessary. She brings him his coffee, and he, like, she's hitting on him. And then he, like, grabs her and pulls her in and kisses her aggressively. From the front. This is very weird. Yeah. And then he, like, pushes her away and takes a sip of his coffee and is like, I told you I wanted sugar. What was the director trying to do with this scene? Because it just creeped me out. Maybe that's what it was. But yeah, it was weird. I think he was supposed to... I don't even know. I don't think that's... The vibe that we got from the scene, I don't think we should have gotten from the scene. (laughs) I got serial killer. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, that girl was going to look at the news two weeks later and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky that I didn't actually go with that guy. Yes. 
He also asks about Piper's car outside, which is like a classic car. A 69 Charger. I'm glad you paid attention. I know almost nothing about cars, and therefore I didn't actually write anything down. Yeah. So then the, the diner owner, who's super pervy and gross, complains about Piper giving away muffins that were going to be thrown out later anyway. And then he molests her in full view of the public. Yeah, they went way too hard with this diner owner. He is a gross fat man wearing, like, dirty white clothes, Mm -hmm. t-shirts, and just, like, being super gross all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, he's kind of the, like, he's not in the back enough to, to do that. So Piper quits and leaves, which is the only, one of the only good decisions we see her make in this entire movie. Yeah, it's also the first time that we see her uh, really aggressively manhandle a guy. (laughs) They tried to make her into this, like, really tough character. Yeah. But to me, every time she would do stuff like this, she just seemed really impetuous and like she was making bad decisions. Well, I think the fact that she has made bad decisions that have put her in these situations where she's having to grab a a guy by his bits and pieces is what's the problem. Because she is willing to fight back, which is... Especially after the last movie we saw, something that's nice. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I feel like she puts too much confidence in her own physical abilities. And she feels like she... I mean, I feel like this is one of the reasons that she's okay putting herself in these situations, because she feels like she can just beat people up. But Yeah, and we see later on when somebody's really gonna try and hurt her, she can't really do much. But for situations like this, it seems to serve her well. Yeah. So she leaves, and we see that Milton is also gone with all of his maps. Where did he go, you ask? Why, he is watching her drive away, and then following her on foot. Like a non-creeper. You might think this is a dumb plan, but then her car breaks down, of course, and he shows up right in time to fix it. We see her actually driving for quite a while on the highway, and as soon as her car pulls over with the steaming hood... He shows up. Like, uh, oh, do you need some help there? I mean, I figured he could walk super fast because he's dead or something. We never get indi- any indication that he get- has super speed. Maybe he just does. He can go as fast as a car, but not faster. So it's easier to use cars, and that's why it never comes up again. Got it. That has to be the explanation. It was a cut scene. Yeah. She agrees to give him a ride to a truck stop in exchange for fixing her car. He screws something back on. In half a second, and then they go. No further questions asked about how you immediately knew how to fix my car and how it was so easy. Yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised with the way they wrote her character that she couldn't fix the car herself when it was something that easy. Yeah, me too. But maybe it's the Transformers watcher in me that's (laughs) been conditioned to this. Exactly. We cut to a mysterious man who we're just going to call the accountant. That's his name in the movie, although I don't know when it gets mentioned. It's William Fitchner. It is William Fitchner. And we immediately know anyone who has seen him in other movies that he's also the guy that did the voiceover from the beginning. Yeah. He's in a suit and walking along the road to the diner. The accountant asks the diner owner about somebody fitting Milton's description. He then sniffs the air and confirms that Milton actually was here earlier. The waitress tells him what direction he went, and he starts walking in that direction, even though the diner owner has a car that's sitting right there. But he just decides, most people in this movie, I think, decides it's just going to be faster to walk. I know. (laughs) Constantly. Even though it's ostensibly, like, very much about cars. Yeah. Piper drops Milton off at the motel where her boyfriend's staying. I don't know why they seem to live at a motel, but they do. Especially since he's out of work. For some reason, Milton, who's never shown any interest in anything outside his own goal and how he's going to get there, now asks her if she's all right and if her boyfriend's a good man. Yeah. I think he noticed her originally because she reminded him of his daughter. And I figured that was why he ever cared about all this other stuff in her life. I guess so. And I think that is the impression that we're supposed to get, especially when we later find out more about his daughter. But I wish that he'd shown more concern toward other women also. Yeah. And this happens a lot in movies where it's like, oh, no, this guy's a really good guy. Look, he cares about this lady. And it's like, right. 
but you shouldn't have to have it's the whole thing of like I care about this. I have daughters and a wife. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you shouldn't need daughters to care about it. Right. This is just treating people decently. And people always say that as like, well, this, no, see, I, I care. I have a connection. It's like, you have a connection anyway. Well, yeah. Cause the to other, humans. Yeah. The other waitress was somebody's daughter. Yeah. I don't know. As, whose father, actually, the other waitress should have reminded her, him a lot more of her daughter because her father was in prison. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think we find out anything about Piper's parents. We don't. So the other waitress that he treated terribly should remind (laughs) him a lot more of his daughter. I don't know. He kind of spared her a lot of trouble. True. But we just look at Piper. Yeah. Like, he just sees her in the restaurant. I guess he sees her give muffins to a poor family. I don't know. Anyway, Piper says that, yes, her boyfriend is a good person you can just tell these things about people she hems and haws a lot though she's like uh yeah yeah she goes into the motel room where of course her boyfriend's banging another woman oh yeah first of a lot of gratuitous nudity oh yes and i guess you know she's like grabs her by her hair and is pulling her out of the motel yeah like a cat fight yeah and she punches her in the face oh yeah and then twice and then the woman is unconscious on the ground mm-hmm. and some like creepos is like ooh and starts taking pictures of her yeah i get it but it like, goes, it's not it goes funny. with the quality and okay. tenor i think of this movie yeah we cut to a super okay there's this really short scene in the middle of this which is i think to help cover the time lapse of her packing her stuff to leave where milton is in a phone booth he opens his suitcase Presumably just to make sure his gun and bullets are still smoking. Well, and there's like a lot of, there's a lot of other nonsense in there too that we never really like. There's a pair of scissors very clearly and I have no idea what the scissors are for. And two bottles of like Maybe it's to give Satan a haircut. It's the only way to cut God's hair. Yeah. Or an angel's hair. Yeah, you need (laughs) special scissors. Yeah. That's really why William Fishner is there. He can't get a haircut without that. Oh, man. And he's a man who likes to look tidy. He does. He's wearing a suit this whole time. Yeah. I guess it's also so we can see some guy from a car watching him and then, like, drive off. But I don't even know. I guess. I don't know how these people found him. I mean, we find out later that this is one of the cultists. Right. But I don't know how they found him so soon. Then we got back to Piper leaving with her stuff while her boyfriend is trying to get her to stay in the worst way possible, mostly by blaming her for not having sex with him. For two days, though. Yeah, for two it days. It was two days. Yes. Yeah. Like, is Piper supposed to be so dumb or desperate for a guy that she was fooled by this person into thinking he was a good man? I mean, it doesn't really seem that way, though, because she paused so much and was like, uh, sure, yeah, he's a good man. Like, she knew that he wasn't, and it was like, you shouldn't have that amount of reservations about somebody that you just finagled a proposal out of. And then it means that she's so (laughs) desperate for someone. Yeah. That she's willing to overlook this guys many bad qualities yeah this is not a great picture of piper no she tells him off and hits him a few times and then he punches her and threatens to mess her up so badly no one will ever want her again i mean he doesn't it's not just a threat he's like well you know what if if you're not gonna be with me I'm going to make sure no one else wants to be with you. And he's like... Oh, yeah, it's only a threat in the sense that he doesn't actually get a chance. You know what's funny? He got super violent super fast, which is, of course, very uncomfortable that we see him punch her out. But at the same time, here's my problem. Piper punches the other woman Mm -hmm. to the point that she's knocked out and lying naked on the ground. Right. Then she does, she is the one that starts hitting him. Now I'm not saying any of this justifies the extent to which he's about to beat her up, but it doesn't make me feel like she's some helpless victim in this. Just in the sense that she resorts to violence constantly when she doesn't need to. Always. Especially the woman, especially punching the woman out to where she's knocked out on the ground. I'm like, yeah, you know, I know, because she wasn't even fighting back. She was just saying things that Piper didn't want to hear, which was like, we're in love. <laughs> right. 
I feel like you're trying to make me feel really bad for Piper being in this awful situation, but, like, at the same time, she's just as violent. Like, you feel like if she could do what this guy did to him, she she would would. do it. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's true. Thankfully, Milton comes back from across the street and beats him up, and then an air conditioner unit falls on him. Yeah, right on his head. He doesn't die, though. Don't worry. He doesn't even have any face injuries (laughs) when we see him. It's clearly implied that it falls on his head. Yeah. Yeah. So then we see, we cut to, at night, Piper and Melton driving on the highway. Piper's asleep in the back seat. We find out later that, I guess, she was knocked out from the guy punching her. I mean, I think she wasn't knocked out. She just, like, ooh. Yeah. Swooned. Yeah. Perhaps. Swooned. She's a woman. Um, so I have to say, I don't think you swoon for that long. I don't think swoons last hours. Maybe they do. I've never swooned before, so I don't know from experience. Very unladylike admission by Rose. <laughs> they needed a reason for him to d- decide where they were going and be driving the car. Although- well, and also for him to be alone so that he could start having flashbacks on memories of his daughter and her involvement with the cult. Yes, although we do see a reflection of the moon in the windshield. I know I'm the only one who noticed this. Part of it was missing, and I was like, if that's a reflection then it's missing on the wrong side (laughs) oh and it's waning not waxing you and neil degrasse tyson my goodness so we find out that his daughter joined a cult run by a man named jonah king who's billy burke who then killed her and her husband and took their baby then piper wakes up milton asks if she'll take him as far as louisiana on her way to florida which she had said previously she was going to go back to florida and she's totally fine with this you know. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah. She's like, okay, cool. I just got in, into this mess by trusting the wrong man. And uh, this is fine. It, yeah, it's fine because you saved me from that wrong man. And therefore, you must be a good man. Yeah, exactly. They stop at a bar where Milton meets someone he used to know who thought he was dead. Thought you were dead. You hoped I was dead. Not the same. They order beers. And when the waitress, it's a dry county, so the waitress checked checks his license and she says it's been expired for a long time so it's like wait how long has this guy been dead this movie has been made in 2011 and we know that he's been dead long enough to not know the word for cell phone yeah that's nonsense and i don't think it's true but he also says he died when his daughter was in high school 16 16 i thought he said at one point that right out of college she fell in with these people so I think there's a maximum of like a two and a half years that could have passed between the time she joined and the time that she died. Okay, so we assume also five years from when he died to when she graduated college, assuming she started college right away and stayed in it for the normal number of years. Right. So maybe seven and a half years since he's died? It doesn't check out that he wouldn't know the word for cell phone. Yeah. That's my biggest problem. Like, they act like he's been gone for so long. And I'm like, there's no way he's been gone for that long. I also don't know how he got his old driver's license. So, okay. He does appear in Laughter, Colorado, which we know is where his daughter moved from. So this is presumably where he was buried. Okay. But... That means that he rose zombie-like from the grave, which causes a lot of questions about the state of his body not being, you know, decomposed. Right. But you the you have to make this assumption because he has his driver's license with him. Was he buried with his driver's license? So you assume he's buried with his driver's license and he rises from the grave and he has it, but also his body is totally normal? Because we know he escaped from hell, and we assume he escaped bodily. It's very unclear. Yeah, and also, like, my my much larger question <laughs> is, why are the cultists also in Colorado? Why are they going to this place in Louisiana? Is that their home the base? The cultists are very spread out. Yeah, but it's not a big cult. No, it's not. Which is why it's weird that they're so spread out. Yeah, and it kind of seems like they're also traveling. Uh, it's so yeah. bizarre. I think there's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie just because they need it to happen in this movie. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> oh, goodness. Or because they thought they needed it, because guess what? Not all of it needed to happen. <laughs> That's also true. Everything involving Candy. Who's the name of the waitress who checks his license? So it's yes. coming up. Who, Rose and I both felt sure after watching her scene, was a porn star. She's not... But it was so graphic that I was like, yeah, this has to be 
yeah. a porn star who's so comfortable with full body nudity and, you know. Yes. But Candy offers to bend the rules for Milton as far as the license goes because this he's is really hot. Yeah. He's really hot and not creepy. And that's right. why. Yeah. It's a magical <laughs> fantasy land where no woman can resist the charms of Nicolas Cage. So Piper asks Milton if he's going to hook up with Candy and then says, No one ever reaches the end and says, I wish I hadn't so much. Proving she's never met anyone dying of AIDS. <laughs> oh no! Okay, also, never met anyone who like lived an immoral life and then was like, oh, I kind of wish I hadn't done that. Yeah. Or like cheated on their wife a whole bunch. Right. You know? Yeah, who, who died alone because their life was just a series of <laughs> meaningless encounters. Yeah, it does really check out with like you know, the white trash person that she is though, yeah, true. who's super young. Then she picks up a bar back because nothing puts her more in the mood than having her fiance try to permanently maim her hours earlier. But also he was on shift and like, yeah, they, what they if he both, gets fired? He and the waitress are both on shift and that doesn't seem to stop either of them. Yeah. They're a very understanding bar. Sometimes they realize true love just comes along. Can't <laughs> exactly. help it. We cut to her ex-fiance, Frank complaining to his mother about Piper taking his car. In the background, the news is reporting on Jonah King in connection to the kidnapping of a baby and the murder of her parents. Somebody knocks on the door and he answers it, thinking it's the police who he called earlier about his car. But it's not the cops at the door. It's the accountant. (laughs) The accountant asks a bunch of questions about Melton and then throws Frank against the wall for touching his suit. Frank then decides the wisest course of action would be to attack the accountant and is shocked to find himself severely outmatched by this man who just threw him against the wall after previously losing a fight with earlier that day. Very little physical exertion throwing him against the wall. And he's like, I've got got (laughs) just the tool for you, a baseball bat. He finally tells him, once he's pinned against the wall with said baseball bat, he finally threw his shoulder. He finally tells the accountant what kind of car Milton took. And then the accountant kills him to stop his insufferable complaining. I don't want to say that I support this wholesale murder, but... Kind of? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't us that did it. <laughs> I know. Like, we couldn't have affected it, so right. I guess it doesn't really matter if we're okay with it. <laughs> but it does mean we'll never have to see Frank again in this movie, which is nice. Yeah. The cops show up and find the dead body. Well, okay, they don't just find the dead body. William Fitchner walks out <laughs> yeah. and he's like, oh, in there. Yeah. And then starts talking to the cops. Like, well, like, have you seen a man who's like 6'1"? <laughs> yeah. So not a huge surprise that then they rush out. Yeah. Yeah, the cop rushes out with a gun. It's like, oh no, what's going on? But the accountant shows them an FBI badge, which in this universe is a get away with whatever you want badge. I mean, I think it might actually... Okay, they might call up to make sure that you're actually FBI. Well... And why are you there? In this situation, it's a little understandable because without ever denying that he killed him, there's a huge implication that he just found this body and it's probably Milton that did it. Yeah. Later on, it's a little more (laughs) questionable. (laughs) Yeah. So the cops agree to help him and he tells them to shoot to kill, even though it's against protocol. And they're totally fine with that. Back at the bar, Piper and Milton are in separate motel rooms with their respective waitstaff. Piper sees someone going over to the bar, so she decides to check it out. Even though it's not her bar, she has no connection to it. She doesn't know if somebody should be going over there. She just decides she's going to do it. She doesn't know this guy. She doesn't have any reason to know anything's going on. It's really weird. Yeah. And even if something is going on, how is it her problem? And what is she going to do about it? Yeah. She doesn't see anyone in the bar, but the news is on and talking again about the murdered couple. Jonah King and his friends come in and she hides in a corner somewhere. Then they plot about killing Milton and she stays hiding. And you think that something is going to happen because his followers go off with a bunch of weapons and Jonah King stays behind and wanders around for a little bit, but nothing does happen. Yeah, this... She just, she manages to get away later and there's no altercation. Oh my gosh, I really, in the (laughs) whole movie, I never get over Billy Burke's accent. (laughs) It's pretty egregious. It is hilarious. Yeah. This Milton is no friend to us. He would try to keep us from what we are rightfully owed. He is the blight and we are the rain. Go forth and pour your anger upon him. Like, it's kind of what you want in a cult leader, too, because he kind of sounds like he should be leading the KKK. 
Yeah, but it's weird because his looks don't match it. Because he looks a little bit too hippie-ish for mm, it. Yeah, I can see that. Milton and Candy are in the process of getting to know each other <laughs> when the gang busts in, carrying an assortment of weapons that I personally wouldn't choose, especially when we see that they had an arsenal of guns and trunks. It's bizarre. They're there's carrying- a machete. There's a scythe. Also, the second guy who comes into the room mm-hmm. busts in with a tire iron after watching the first guy get shot. <laughs> yeah. So... I'm going to describe this scene as delicately as I can. It will be hard because one of them is completely naked. (laughs) Milton is fully dressed. And they are having sex while this happens. Yeah. So Milton proceeds to kill gang members that rush at him while still getting to know Candy. Just Don't worry. He's fully clothed. Yeah. (laughs) He's fully clothed. She's completely naked. And really into the whole process until halfway through... When they get shocked by a taser. I think it's a cattle prod. Whatever it is. They get shocked <laughs> with electricity. Yeah. The surprising thing is not them getting shocked. The surprising thing is it's not until then that she's done with it, that she's not into this. Yeah, it's really hard to tell, too, from, like, the things they have her yelling and stuff. Yeah, like, so really I watched it. I watched it with subtitles. Okay. When I do the outlines, I always watch it with subtitles. And let me just tell you, from the subtitles, she's super into it until that moment. That's weird. It is weird. Because then she takes a hard left and <laughs> yes. is not into it at all and has serious trauma later. Right, which is expected. <laughs> but what's surprising is it takes her that long. Yeah, suck it up. But that's just how good he is, you know? It's just I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Just when Milton runs out of bullets, Piper kills the last one with a hoe to the neck or back of the head. Somewhere in that general vicinity. Yes, that is true. Uh we did miss the part where he shoots someone in the chest and they fly feet first. <laughs> Backwards through a window. There's a lot of really incredible stunts in this movie. (laughs) Milton and Piper pack their stuff and leave, leaving Candy to come to terms with the decisions she's made that have brought her here. So then they go outside. There's a gunfight with the cops, the cops who were led by the accountant. Milton gets shot and starts to bleed. So his zombie body is capable of bleeding, I guess. Yeah, no, it surely is. Piper, when given the choice, decides inexplicably to go with Milton. Yeah, how would this not be your turning point? Where you, She still doesn't know what he's doing or what his cause is, and she's going to go, she's now fighting cops with him. Yeah, she killed a cop yeah. during those altercations. Who should have been wearing a bulletproof vest. He got shot in the chest and died. And they were, they were shooting to kill, so there was no warning or anything. Like, they weren't trying to arrest him or anything. And that's, I think that's supposed to be Piper's <laughs> justification. Yeah. The accountant watches Milton drive away from the motel with no, without trying to stop him at all. Yeah, just, he's just like, uh, I'll get him later. Yeah. <laughs> Piper has a lot of good questions for Milton about what just happened. They're all asked in front of a terrible green screen as they drive. That's true. It's really bad. Milton tells her about his daughter. That baby girl's all I got. She's the last connection to my daughter. You're dead, though. Yeah. And you're going to go back to hell after this. Why do you need a connection to your daughter? Yeah, like, your connection now is, like, memories and stuff. That's that's not the reason. You're doing this to protect your granddaughter. Which but you're is not different. Doing, right, you're not doing this because she's the last connection to your daughter. Like, you're dead. You have no connection with your daughter anymore. Yeah, because that's something you could say about, like, I'm trying to get custody of her. Right, not exactly. Like I'm trying to keep Satanists from sacrificing her. Yeah, and then I'm never going to see her again. Right. Yeah. The accountant has finally found a car of his own. He rams into their car and they exchange some banter in which Milton says Baron Samedi like someone who's only ever seen the word written down. What is that? Baron Samdi, which means Baron Saturday or the Baron of Saturdays, is a voodoo figure. Oh. Huh? He's like, he's the one you see who's always in the suit with the cane and top hat. Yeah. He'll have the skull face sometimes. Right. That's Baron Samdi. Okay. Minor point, but something that I found really funny. (laughs) Then Milton shoots the accountant with his special gun and nicks him on the cheek. 
makes the car like blow up almost. Oh yeah, like there there were a lot of I, I the glass door over. blows There's off. tons of special oh. effects with the bullet flying by, and on the bullet is the little Jeus Velox Nix thing inscribed on it as it's flying across with this like sonic boom kind of circle around oh, it, yeah. and then the car explodes and all of it. it's it's a thing. Oh yeah. So yeah, and then the car, the accountant's car swerves hits a barrier and flips in the least believable way imaginable. So he hits a barrier head on. Right. And then flips backward off the bridge. Oh my god. In what universe? Why wouldn't you just have him like continue like cuz the way you expect that stunt to happen is he hits the barrier head on and then the back of the car flips up over the barrier and it goes off. Right. Which this is literally also happens a little weird. But Honestly. at least you understand the momentum of gravity that's happening to carry them <laughs> off the bridge. It's unlikely, but you understand it. Right. In this situation, it happens literally in the opposite way that you would normally expect it to happen, of hitting the barrier, and then the front goes up. This was <laughs> so strange. Then we cut back to the crime scene, where the police captain is talking to a traumatized Candy... The police captain looks like a cross between Ron Perlman and Stanley. Ron Perlman, that's who it was who he reminded me of. Yeah. But I can see the Stanley too. Yeah. The accurate description. Thank you. It's really just to introduce this character who we'll be showing later. And also just just let us know that Candy is never gonna be the same. Yeah. Also, this character, totally done. Pointless. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't just have this be the cops from earlier. Yeah, there's no reason. They just needed cops, and I don't know why they thought we needed to know who the cops were. We also see the accountant getting out of the car underneath the bridge and taunting some college kids. Yeah, yeah. Just so we know he's still alive, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Milton tells Piper more about his daughter's history with King, who's a Satanist intent on bringing about the apocalypse. Then they see King's van in a church parking lot. So they go into the church... Walk past one of the creepiest drawings of Jesus I have ever seen. <laughs> and everyone's, like, in church praying or acting like they're praying. Yeah. Like, and he sees one of the Satanists holding the baby. Mm-hmm. And he goes toward her, and then everyone hops up with guns. And I'm like, why did you wait? Were you not sure if this was Milton? Yeah. What was this elaborate ruse of let's all be in a church and pretend like we're praying? Why not just wait for him to walk in and as soon as he does, shoot just him. Just be waiting at the door, yeah. yeah. You have no sense for theatrics, Rose. <laughs> I clearly don't. This is why those Satanists wouldn't take you. You know, they, they never would tell me. <laughs> King comes out from the back of the church and Milton says he saw him kill his daughter. So he knows for sure it was murder. Because right. King's like, it was an accident. Yeah. Like, really? It was an accident? Especially with a fact that we find later on. Which, anyway. Also, why does it need to be an accident? You're literally Satanist about to murder a baby. Especially since we also know that his daughter was disillusioned with the cult and tried to kill King. And unmanned him, as a matter of fact. Yes. And this, the fact that he knows this is what causes King to shoot Milton in the head. And then it actually causes him to shoot someone else. Well, yeah, because Milton is like, he knows he was there. And so then King shoots that follower so he can never tell anyone. And I'm like, guess what, man? You just confirmed it to your entire call. Like, if it wasn't true, you wouldn't have shot him. Right. Dude. Yeah. So everyone knows. So then King shoots Milton in the head, like in the eye, you know, so he's definitely dead. He falls to the ground and Piper is taken by his followers. King then tells Milton's corpse that the femur bone that's on the top of his walking stick is actually Milton's daughter's, which shows his complete disregard for forensics as they're currently trying to question him in connection with this murder. Also, her death was an accident, but you also removed her femur bone? Oh, yeah. And why is this not mentioned on the news and all of these news programs? Something super weird like a missing femur bone Typically makes headlines. Yeah, it does. Which kind of makes me wonder if this is actually her femur bone or not. I don't know whose else it would be. Maybe it's a fake femur bone. It doesn't have to be real. Well, he's beating a lot of people with it. I think it's probably real. I don't know. It just seems like you could get something that was femur bone shaped, but also hard enough to beat people with. This is also why those Satanists wouldn't (laughs) have you. 
oh my goodness, you keep issuing all of the <laughs> real, like, meaningful things for, like, oh, what if we get something that's just uh, harder, but it looks like it? Oh my gosh. Guess what? That doesn't cut it in all the ceremonies. I guess not. <laughs> King's followers go to Barry Milton, but he opens his eyes and then shoots them all. There's a car chase with Milton following King's RV, but also he's being followed by a few of Milton, of King's followers who got out of the church. Yes. Also, Piper is fighting them in the RV. King is like, um, I'm gonna kill you and then defile your corpse. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and so this is the second time, no, sorry, third time that she is like, oh, no, I'm gonna beat you up. Yeah, so he's holding a gun on her. Right. And then when she's like, oh, I'm gonna beat you up and like actually starts he attacking dr- him. He drops the gun. Yeah. He's like, all right, I'm up for this fight. <laughs> Let's fight it fair. No guns. And uh, then she takes his necklace and stabs him with it, which is the second time he's been stabbed with this that we've seen. Nick Cage's daughter necklace, though, is admirable. I'm like, dude, you've got to stop wearing that thing. (laughs) It's so clearly like Amber Heard didn't even see the other scene, and she recognized that it was a great stabbing tool. It is quite pointy. Yeah, so he got stabbed in the face by Nick Cage's daughter, and later we see him wearing it. It's worth the risk to him. It is. It is. Very much so. So then Piper dives out the back window. And actually, hold up. Because first we do see a lot of shots of Milton chasing this RV. And then we realize also, though, and he at some point realizes, that the baby he's trying to save is in the RV. So, like, <laughs> maybe this whole car chase is actually a really terrible, dangerous idea. Yeah. So the one thing everyone cares about, which is the baby... Anyway, then Piper dives out the back window of the RV onto the hood of Milton's car and King shoots an entire magazine at her and doesn't hit her once, which might explain why he didn't try and shoot her before in their hand-to-hand fight. He's just a terribly... <laughs> he, he knows that even from two feet, yeah. he can't make that shot. Yeah. Uh, he also shoots in a hilarious old-timey way. <laughs> so combined with his accent, like, it's the gun and, like, he's using his <laughs> other hand to to continually cock the gun. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> But Milton's car is down for the count. So as they're on the side of the highway. Well, yeah, because he shot up the engine so <laughs> yeah. much on accident. Yeah. So as they're on the side of the highway, Piper wants to know why he's still alive. But he's just like, we don't have time for this. <laughs> Even though they clearly do, as they have to push the car to the house of a friend of his. Yeah, she's like, were you ever in, even in prison? Because that's what he told her. He yeah. was like, oh, well, my daughter, you know, I was in prison for a long time. And this is when you find out that he thinks cell phones are called portable phones. One of those portable phones. <laughs> yeah. And at this point, like, why not just tell her? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, she's in for a penny, in for a pound at yeah. this point. Like, I came back from hell to save my granddaughter from being killed by Satanists. You know. Yeah, usual. because... Because, at, and at this point, like, he even brings up why she can't leave. She's like, well, I don't want to go with you. And he's like, okay, but you shot a cop. Yeah. So... The accountant arrives at the church and finds one follower who's still alive. He scoffs at the idea of a pact with Satan, and the follower tells him Milton's chasing them to get his granddaughter back. Mm-hmm. Milton and Piper show up at Milton's friend's house. They have pushed this car a long way. That's the thing. He's like, let's push the car. You don't have a choice. And I'm like, really? Because this is ridiculous. Like, Well, especially when we find out that his friend owns a tow truck. Yeah, I know. He, he drives up with the tow truck to... Yeah, you could have left it there, found your friend, like, and tow them tow the rest car. of the way. Yeah. yeah. But his friend confirms that Milton was dead. He says he was at the funeral and he helped carry the coffin. Yeah. So now we finally know something weird is going on. Yeah, the thing is, it went on way too long with very little stakes. Like, it didn't matter that Amber Heard found that out. Yeah. So it's weird that it was drawn out that long for something that the audience knew from minute one. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, we didn't 100% know. Like, we weren't explicitly told at the beginning, but we essentially knew. Also, it's a Nick Cage movie. Of course he escapes from hell at the beginning of the movie. Come on. In the devil's car. The devil's antique car. (laughs) With the devil's antique gun. (laughs) (laughs) They go back to his friend's place. His friend is named Webster, which is, of course, an allusion to the devil and Daniel Webster. 
They go back to his place where Milton's friend tells Piper that he was a great father, but a bad man. And also kind of a terrible father. Yeah, it kind of seems <laughs> like he wasn't a great father. Like, everything that you yeah. learn about him, you're like, there's no way this guy was a good father. Like, he really loved his daughter, and when he was around, because he wasn't involved with really dangerous people and trying to protect his daughter from them, he was a good father. But most of the time, he wasn't around because he was involved with really dangerous people. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, loving somebody doesn't make you good for them. Yeah. And it doesn't make you good at fulfilling the role that you that you have for them. Yes. Webster asks Milton if he wants a beer, and Milton tells them that the worst part of hell, completely unasked, tells them that the worst part of hell is the video feed of the people you love suffering. But <laughs> literally, he says it's a video feed, just of people you love suffering on a loop. This feels like it would only work for some people in hell. <laughs> right? And only for a limited time. Very limited time. Because it's apparently happening real time. He rises from the dead he escaped from hell very soon after his daughter was killed so yeah also what if your loved ones are doing great i know right do they turn the video off do they only like maybe turn they... it on when they stub their toe or something <laughs> maybe they also show you how happy they are now that you're gone oh okay how much better their lives are without you yeah they turn it off when they're mourning you <laughs> and when they're doing great regardless of anything that has to do with you yeah and then, yeah, okay, that seems complicated. <laughs> so that's how he saw his daughter with King and the whole saga of the cult. So no thanks, I don't want a beer until I can drink it out of King's skull. There's just a long way to go for an answer to that it question. Really of, was. Would you like a beer? It really was. Webster's totally on board with this whole revenge mission thing. He offers him his choice of classic car. Really? You think a classic car is the best thing to finish this out in? Wouldn't you right. want something that's a lot more reliable? I know. Or it won't matter when it gets completely destroyed. Seriously. He doesn't have any old, like, normal cars lying around. Yeah. We cut to King calling the police to report Milton's whereabouts. And then back to Milton and Webster, who tells him that Deacon's tree was a hanging tree at Stillwater Marsh Prison. Webster wants to come with him, but Milton tells him to stay for no good reason. And then he tells Piper he needs her to come along for no good reason. And she enthusiastically <laughs> agrees. My whole life has been nothing but waiting. Waiting on tables, waiting on fools, waiting for it just to mean something. And now it means something. I'm with you until the end. It makes no sense to me that now all of a sudden she's been questing for meaning in her life. And this is what she needs. Well, I don't know why you wouldn't take your friend, who seems like he'd be much more helpful in a gunfight. Right. And you're going to, but instead you're going to take this girl who reminds you of your daughter who you horribly mistreated and who's very poorly <laughs> trained for this whole thing. Exactly. It seems like you should do the opposite, except that the plot wants us to take Piper. Yeah. Oh, this is so weird. And why not just take both of them? Yeah, right? It's a two-seater. <laughs> I guess so. As they leave Webster's place, the cops start following them, and a car chase ensues. The police captain, who we saw earlier, the Ron Perlman, Stan Lee guy, <laughs> tells the waiting blockade to shoot to kill, easily amused by his own jokes. He really is. He's like, when I say shoot for their tires, I mean their head. All right? Shoot for their tires. And then he, like, chuckles a little to himself. Yeah, which is like, why, I guess that you only said that for it to be a joke. Because yeah. it doesn't give you any deniability. No, it doesn't. So they stop at the blockade, and then the captain is like, get out of the car, stand up. And he's like, I'm just trying to give y'all a better better aim at their tires. <laughs> and I'm like, why it's a source the, of endless amusement for him. And I'm like, why did the captain, they almost turned him into like half a villain. For no reason. And there was no reason to do it. We don't actually need this guy to be a villain. He could just be we a don't. cop trying to do his job, which would naturally oppose what Milton was trying to accomplish. That's what got me. Like, there was no reason to turn him into, like, a very minor villain. As they are stopped at the barricade, about to get out of the car, the accountant drives through the barricade from the other direction in a <laughs> hydrogen truck while listening to That's the Way I Like It, because that's the way this movie rolls. <laughs> He flips the truck over. Okay, this is another one of those stunts where I'm like, I don't even know <laughs> where they, how this was even logically supposed to happen. So he turn, he flips the truck, the hydrogen truck, basically by like turning to the side real fast. And then it like rolls yeah. over the tops of these cars. Once yeah, again, that's right. filled with hydrogen. So it should 
be pretty explosive, but it <laughs> rolls over the top of these cop cars without crushing them so that Milton's car can drive underneath yep. that truck in between the two cop cars. Mm-hmm. And then gives him a supportive nod as he passes under. Yeah. Go get him, Tiger. (laughs) I got your back. The accountant gets out of, like, gets out of his, the hydrogen truck, and then gets out of trouble with the cops by throwing around an FBI badge again. He's like, that's why I rolled a hydrogen bomb (laughs) into here. Like, you were interrupting an FBI, an ongoing FBI mission. And I'm like, that doesn't excuse what you did, though. I'm pretty sure it does. Did you not, you, I see what happened, Rose. You didn't see the badge. You had an FBI badge. The captain totally believes this. Like, the captain is like, oh, hands off, boys. (laughs) FBI. Like, we just need to accept everything he's telling us. And (laughs) not question the whole hydrogen truck incident. No. When Milton and Piper get to the cult's headquarters that night, everyone's partying. It's not quite an orgy. But it has orgy vibes. It does. The accountant takes Piper captive when Milton turns his back for a second, and Milton threatens to shoot him with a god killer, which is his special gun. (laughs) The accountant rightfully points out that Milton wouldn't have gotten this far without his help, and then when Milton asks why he helped, Piper chimes in that it's because the cultists are going to bring hell to Earth. That's not an answer as to why the accountant helped them. Actually, it actually is the answer to why the accountant helped him. But not in the way Piper thinks. Piper is saying this in the sense of he's on the cultist's side. Because then the accountant says, The Dark Lord, Satan, Beelzebub, Lucifer. Simply the warden of a very large prison. Quiet man, actually. Thoughtful and he's well read. Happened to know the idea of sacrificing children in his honor annoys him greatly. He's reading human literature? I don't understand that. (laughs) Maybe he's reading divine literature. You don't know what he reads. Oh, snap. Mind blown. (laughs) (laughs) The accountant figures that it's easier if they both get what they want, but he won't help Milton anymore. He'll just hold Piper hostage and wait for him. Mm -hmm. Because even though I'm going to help you a little bit, I'm not going to help you all the way for some reason. Yeah, That would make the movie anticlimactic. And he's... And you can't even say that he's, like, forbidden to interfere because he drove a hydrogen truck into a bunch of cops. Yeah. Actually, that would be much better if he was forbidden to interfere, but he wasn't going to stop him. Yeah. Also, he says, you're not the first person to break out of hell, and I'm sure you won't be the last. Maybe hell should stop keeping so many cars around if people keep getting out of them. What is hell using them for? This is a really bad prison. Yeah. King starts the ceremony, only to be interrupted by Milton driving a car through them all. Yep. While Milton is running them down one by one, a couple of the cultists find the accountant and Piper from where they're watching from above. When the accountant's distracted by killing them, Piper steals the god killer gun and threatens to kill him. The accountant calmly explains that if he's killed, another will come. He didn't steal that to stop me. He stole it to slow me down. Then he tells her to go and help Milton. (laughs) Yeah. So why, why were you holding her hostage? Well, like, because I thought it was so that Milton wouldn't try and escape afterwards. He would come back, but now he's unconcerned by this. It, it was. I guess he's got. He regained his confidence in himself that he can <laughs> capture Milton. In Milton and King's final showdown, Nicholas Cage shows how he got the part, which is by doing crazy eyes really well. <laughs> Milton gets shot in the back, and then Piper shoots King with the God Killer only to hit his follower instead. Mm-hmm. This is another one of those, you know, slow motion, dramatic, sonic boom ring. The guy flies up into the sky. Yeah, and like explodes. And So the stakes are set for King. This this is a weapon that means... And actually, we've also been told that being killed with a god killer means that there is no heaven or hell. There's just nothing. Like, you're yeah. just destroyed completely. Milton crawls away as King beats him with his femur walking stick and taunts him about what happened to his daughter and what will happen to his granddaughter. He then foolishly says, Nothing up this earth can kill me. So naturally, Milton shoots him with the god killer. Not of this earth. It's weird that nobody placed a higher priority on getting that gun away from anyone. Oh, yeah. And yeah, because Piper saw it. Right, because when Piper shoots the gun, the kickback knocks her off her feet, and so she drops the gun and falls back and whatever. Yeah, because like you said, the stakes are raised, so you would think he'd be like, well, I need to make sure nobody else has that gun. Yeah, but it does seem like it's mostly just King and like two of his worst followers that are like 
remaining. Yeah. And King is totally distracted just by beating Milton with his femur. Yeah. So King is shot with a god killer weapon and his head explodes in a visual effect that looks like it came from a Vincent Price movie. Yes. Oh my gosh, the effects are awful in this scene. <laughs> I don't even Was it on purpose? They were fine for most of the movie. I mean, some yeah. of them looked worse than others, but they were fine. And then this happens. Like, what they is were going like on? Highlander effects. Yeah, it was tragically awful. Oh man! And in 2011, they could have done better. Oh yeah, and that's what makes me wonder. Like, was this on purpose? Yeah, it was. It was jarring. It really took me out of the movie. <laughs> <It was laughs> no, in the moment for me, I was immersed. Yeah. So, and then all of them disappears except for a piece of the skull that's left behind that is red for some reason because bones are red. Because of blood, right? That's the way bones work? Sure. The accountant hands the baby to Milton, who then hands her to Piper in a touching scene. Milton, please don't go. Love her for me, Piper. Love her. I make her yours. Nicholas Cage doesn't quite pull this scene off. He does not. I'm... This dialogue, for one thing, doesn't sound like it, it should come from Milton. No. He's never been like this before. Milton should be saying something like, protect her, don't screw it up. Like, yeah, exactly. where is all of this like? Or I'll be back for you too. Yeah. But you know what? It's the first time this movie lost its tone a little bit, so I'll let it go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we really needed the, the heart at the end of this. Yeah. Then Piper leaves with his friend, Webster, who shows up at the very end, just just in case they needed him. He has perfect timing. So then we see Milton and the accountant. Milton's drinking beer from King's Skull. Yep. Because that was, that was a resolution that I needed. I did, too. Well, you can't show me the skull and then not show him drinking out of it. I know, right? Come on. Then there's an obligatory sequel set up. Just so you know, I don't plan on staying. Milton... You've got what you want. I did. But if he puts me back in that hole, I'll still get out. Remarkable. I actually look forward to that. The accountant and Milton drive back into hell. It's weird that he lets Milton drive. (laughs) How did you even notice that when the worst song in the world was playing over him? How dare you disparage Meatloaf in that way? I'm still alive. Must have been a miracle. It's been a hell of a ride. Destination still unknown. It's a fact of life. If you make one wrong move with the gun to your head, you better walk the line or you'll be left for dead. So this was actually not even the meatloaf version. I don't know if they couldn't get the rights to it or <laughs> they just thought that this other guy would be so much better at it. But... This song, to me, sounded like it came off the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, like, weird. Like, you just can't fit enough emotion into the words. (laughs) Okay, why does hell have infrastructure? (laughs) There's a bridge leading out of hell, which disappears as they're behind them as they're driving back into hell. Why is this happening? Why are there cars in hell? Why is there video feed in hell? Well, and now he's going bodily back into hell. Yeah. So did his body go into hell? Or is it now his body? Or maybe there's a step? I don't know. I mean, his body was also constantly healing itself. Yes, it healed itself many times. Also, is it really that easy to bring hell to earth? I guess so. Like, all you have to do... Because... Actually, you know, when I say the ceremony began, really all it was was a bunch of grandstanding by Jonah King, and then he was going to kill the baby with a knife. Like, he's like, we're going to be set free, and I was like, set free by a bunch of hell demons being on Earth to rule over you? Like, I feel like you're as free as you're going to get. Well, also, they were like, we're going to be immortal, and I'm like, where did you get that from? Yeah, it was weird. Especially because he's had no assurances from Satan, who's apparently a quiet, well-read man. Exactly, like... Who, and he says, like, he's protected. How is he protected? Like, who's protecting him? Is it right. a demon? Because nothing protected him from being castrated. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, and there was no actual ceremony in the sense of, like, there should have been somebody chanting Latin or something. Like, because if yeah. hell comes to earth every time a baby is killed, like, we would have been gone a long time ago. I just find it hard to believe that they don't realize that people have absolutely sacrificed children before. Here's the other mystery about this movie. This movie had a budget of $50 million. What's happening? Who thought it was even going to make that much? 
It right. only it only made twenty eight point nine million, which is in itself very impressive. I know. I mean, people only go to see Nick Cage movies, ironically, especially a movie that's so obviously nonsense. Like you're going to get a very limited audience that's going to be interested in seeing such an over the top, ridiculous movie. But it's not even as over the top as Ghost Rider. And although I do love it a lot, it's not. I mean. I don't know how you could see this or like read the script for this and think this is a winner. I know. All it needs is Nick Cage to really, really make it. Especially if it's directed by the guy that did Dracula 2000. And My Bloody Valentine 3D. Oh yeah. Although I'm sure the reason that it got the funding that it did was because My Bloody Valentine only cost 14 million and it made over 100 million. So our next movie is going to be the other Amazing movie by Patrick Lussier. Dracula 2000. Starring Johnny Lee Miller. And Gerard Butler. And Omar Epps. Oh, yeah. So excited. (laughs) And I just think they modernized it really well. You know, they really brought Dracula into modern days in a way that I could really relate to it as a young person. Shirtless Gerard Butler? Yeah, mostly. Yep. Checks out. So that's what's next on More is More. For more of our podcast, go to moreismorepodcast.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.